Revelation chapter 7, um, beginning at verse 9. After this, I looked, and there before me was a multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honour and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders asked me, These in white robes, who are they and where did they come from? I answered, Sir, you know. And he said, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Never again will they hunger, never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the centre of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. As we start, uh, let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your words. We thank you that it lifts our eyes from our world to, to reality that is true and trustworthy. And we pray this evening that as we uh, consider this great vision, that our hearts would be encouraged in our world today as we see a fresh glimpse of Christ our King. Amen. Now every journey has a destination. Every path has an end. If you find yourself on the M25, um, I hope that it's not because you're going on a round tour trip of London holiday. Um, I hope you're headed somewhere perhaps a little slowly, but I hope you're going somewhere. Well, if um, this life, this world is a journey, where are we headed? Chapter 7, verse 9. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They're wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. For those that trust Jesus, that is the destination to a multitude that we cannot count. 
Now, I don't know if you've ever found yourself in a large crowd. Now we kind of slightly shiver, don't we, when we think about large numbers. But I, so I'm from Guernsey in Channel Islands. There's about 60,000, 65,000 people on the island. I've been in football stadiums that can hold more people than that. It's amazing, isn't it? You, you just look around and you see all those people. You think, how many people are here? After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language. A crowd made up of the, all people from the four corners of the world. Isn't that amazing? That is the destination of the Christian. Well, this evening, though, we're going to just ask two questions. How are we going to get there? And what difference is it going to make today? How are we going to get there? What's the thing that's stopping us being in that that place? And we might say, of course, it's our current climate, it's COVID, it's it's our government, it's disease, it's sickness, it's war, it's famine, it's injustice, it's it's all those sorts of things. But is that really our our greatest issue? Is that the reason that's stopping us being there? Now, our biggest problem is ourselves. It's our sin. It's our, um, the way that we, we promote self. The, the way that actually we, we don't simply want to be in the throne room. We want to be on the throne. It's our sin-stained clothes that mean we cannot come before a holy God. Just listen to the, the end of the previous chapter, chapter 6, um, where, where John, his vision, is, is outlining the, the way that God's judgment comes in the world by these unfolding seals. And this is what he says at the end of the sixth seal, the, the seventh seal comes in chapter 8. He says this, this is uh, Revelation 6, uh, 15 to 17. Then the kings of the earth, the princes and the generals, the rich and the mighty, and everyone else, both slave and free, hidden caves and among the rocks of the mountains. They caused the mountains and the rocks, fall on us, hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come. And who can withstand it? Who can stand up to it? Because of our sin, we, we can't go in. Because of our sin-stained clothes, we, we, we cannot be near a holy God. We cannot go into that assembly. We cannot be near him. And his judgment is total. Now, I've been trying to think of a way to, to, to make that sort of fresh for, for all of us, myself especially. Because I'm sure from this platform we've heard before that, that sin is our, our biggest problem. But I've been trying to think of a way that might help us to gain a glimpse again of what that might look like. So this is imperfect, but I hope it might help. We've probably all seen the images of when the atomic bombs fell on Hiroshima and Nagasaki in 1945. The way that that bomb created total and utter, complete devastation and judgment on that people. Well, 
Trying to face God's judgment would be like trying to, to stand up to those bombs. would be like trying to stand up to it and say, I'll be fine. And the sad truth is, in our world, that there are still many people that that gladly stand and say, look, drop the bomb, it doesn't matter, I'll be okay. God's judgment won't hit me. But it will. You won't be okay. God's judgment is total. The people in in Revelation 6 knew that. That's what they're saying, hide us. Who can stand? After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people and language. Standing. Standing before the throne. There are people here who are standing. How can they stand? Verses 13 and 14. Then one of the elders asked me, these in white robes, who are they? And where did they come from? He answered, sir, you know. And he said, these are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. How do they stand? Because they've been cleaned by Christ. How do they stand? Not because they are uh, clever or cunning. How do they stand? Not because they are uh, their status or their situation. Uh, How do they stand? Not because they are great or good. How do they stand? Because they've been cleaned by Christ. It is his work and not ours. It is his work and not ours. We can stand before God, before his throne, in that assembly, because of his work on the cross. Because he lay down in death. And then rose to life. And now all those that put their hope in him, exchange their sin-stained clothes for ones that have been washed whiter than snow by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. Isn't that good? Isn't that the best news? That it's not about us, it's about him. That I can be there with him, standing before him, because of him. And not because of me. We stand because we've been cleaned by Christ. Well, if that's the how, what about the, the, what difference does it make to us? And here's the first thing. This is the fulfilment of God's promises. This is the fulfilment of God's promises. If you had a Bible, you might have one with you now, you might not. Um, But if we were to turn back to Genesis, so here's the beginning, here's Genesis, here's Revelation, where we are, Genesis, Revelation, right at the start of the Bible, to Genesis chapter 22, verse 17, uh, when God himself is speaking to Abraham, he says these words, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as stars in the sky and sands on the seashore. God promises that one day he will make Abraham's descendants so big 
that they'll be more, they, they won't be more than sands on the seashore. Innumerable. So hard to count. And after this I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. This is God keeping his promise to Abraham. This is God fulfilling his word. This is God saying, look, I will carry out what I say. I will make a great people for myself. This is a God you can trust. This is a God who is dependable. This is a God who does what he says. But then how is that going to work itself out for us in everyday life? How is this truth that that one day the world for Christians is headed to a, a multitude that no one could count. How does that play itself out for each and every one of us? Well, here's a challenge and a comfort. Here's the challenge that actually the, the gospel is for all people. There is nobody who the gospel is not for. And so here's the challenge. Are we ever in danger of thinking that perhaps the gospel is for just for people like me? That there are people that I, I just, I don't think that's worth telling about Jesus. Because I just don't think they're going to accept him. Or, or I just don't, don't know how to, to relate to them, so I, I'm just not even going to bother. But let's remember that the good news of Jesus is not a Western invention. It's not even a first century Middle Eastern invention. No, it's a word from God the Father in the throne room to the world for all people. And so there's nobody who this gospel is not for. There is nobody who this gospel is not for. It is for every nation, tribe, people, language. And you can guarantee that on that day there will be every people, nation, tribe and language standing before his throne. Now at this point I, 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 I thought about telling a story. Telling a story of how um, a, a famous sort of missionary went forth, perhaps from our culture, and went off to the lands to tell of Christ to the world. And there are loads of really encouraging stories. And a bit later in the service, I'm going to share some books that you can read about those people. And we should read about them. But it also occurred to me, probably most of us, I could be wrong, but most of us probably won't have a biography written about us. We're not going to be those that are going to have books written about us in the future, not going to have one of those sort of blue plaques, you know, they put on the place saying, this is the place that Ben was born. Most of us probably won't change the world. I know certainly people of of my generation and younger, that is something that we long to do, to to make an impact, to, to change the world. But probably most of us won't change the world as one. But yet, we could change the world for one. 
that great multitude that no one could count could get one bigger. Just because we, we invited them to the Alpha Course, because we, we dared to, to walk across the classroom or, or walk across the, the workspace, to walk across the university lecture theatre, just to the one. That great multitude will get one bigger, one bigger, one bigger, one bigger. And imagine that there's about 40 of us in this room. Imagine if every one of us saw just one, just one person come to know Jesus as their king in 10 years. That would mean that every year there'd be four new people at this service. Just one. Just one. So I wonder who it is that, that we're thinking of praying for at the moment. It might just be one. But who are we praying for? Who are we longing to see come to Christ? Who have we been praying for for years? A family member, a parent, a child, a close friend. But just what by one the Lord adds to that great multitude. And lastly, a comfort. As we said at the beginning, every journey has a destination. Uh, The destination for the Christian is to the place before the king. where there's no more, verse 17, no more crying, no more pain, no more tears. Uh, A place, verse 15, where we're sheltered by him. A place where we find joy and peace and acceptance and worth and value and love. And there is not one thing that can change that. Your destination for all those that love and trust Christ is absolutely certain. And we could sit here tonight and not do anything other than to cling to Christ and trust him. We could not tell anybody, not pray for anyone, not invite anyone. And your destination will not change. It is just as certain because it is his work and not yours. But yet, having known such a great love, why do we not want to share it? Let's pray as we close. Loving Father, we thank you so much for that great work of the Lord Jesus who has washed us whiter than snow by his blood. Thank you that he is gathering himself a people made up of every nation and language. Thank you that that destination is assured. May we have hope and confidence in it today. And pray, Lord, maybe just for one to be added to that great multitude, whether it be now or in the years to come. Help us to keep our eyes focused on him who is faithful. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.